Oh my God. <laughs> um, 20 minutes after the podcast and 20 minutes after a long podcast ended, finally able to give you the intro. Um, we had, Alex and I had an incredible time. This probably goes in one of the top five guests we have, we've ever had. Um, Erica White, who is uh, running to be in Columbus, is one of our representatives. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, you are here right now. I think you're going to love the time that we got spent with Erica. If I were a, uh, a savvier podcaster, and I am, but it's just it's just easier to post it all at once, I'd make this two episodes. I'd make it three because Erica was that enlightening. Everything from mental health to why she's running. She has a labor background, and we are at an important stage in history when it comes to labor versus management. She is, she knows a lot about a lot of things, and that's really hard to do. It's the old line, jack of, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, Erica seems to be um, master of many things, and Alex and I just had a delightful conversation with her, and it's going to start right now. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking some time. I'm excited to be here. Um, our people kept crossing paths, and <laughs> I saw your event a couple of weeks ago at Fallon Fodder, and I was talking to Margot Puffenberger. She's uh, she's my my favorite mommy city council person. And she's mine too. I love Margot. Although I've never met Scott Noonan, but he's on my he's list to track cool down. Oh, yeah. you got to. Yeah, I want to track him down. Uh, but Margot uh, spoke so highly of that event and of you, and so that's when I had to make the call. So thanks for taking some time. Well, thank you. Yes, and I appreciate Margot. She's uh, my sister from another mister. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Sister from where? Where? What do you call home? What part of town or what area? I actually live in Springfield Township, and mm-hmm. I grew up and uh, went to Rogers High School. So I've always lived in that part of town, which is part. Believe it or not, it's West Side. <laughs> People don't don't count as that, but um, and then I um, I moved from uh, Rogers. I lived in West Toledo, and now back out of Springfield Township, where I grew up. I live over that way, and I guess geographically it's, it's South Toledo, but I like to call it Southwest Toledo. Okay, I like that. Or, we'll bring it together. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the medley. Southwest Toledo, Central Springfield, or East Holland. Because I live, do you know where the Planet Fitness is in Holland, Sylvania? I absolutely like, do. That's my neighborhood. Okay. And it doesn't have a spot. It's just Holland, Springfield, and Toledo. But, that's why I said um, everybody's let, west side. Let, <laughs> let me just jump into this since you mentioned Springfield. I know there was a meeting last night, and we'll get to you running for an Ohio representative, right? Right. Um, give me some thoughts that, that, that hits close to home, literally. The uh, the Springfield Township Levy. Yes, which is five. Yeah, which may, and I know... Uh, Chief Navarre was out there last night, or Sheriff mm-hmm. Navarre was out there last night to talk about it, and I'm guessing he does want that funded, because if not, because I know, so Springfield doesn't have its own police force. I think Sylvania comes over there, Lucas County Sheriffs, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't pass, a lot of that goes away. Yes, yeah, so right now, we primarily have the Lucas County Sheriffs that come out to our area. Um, we do not have our own police department, um, and so we are, you know, as Toledo, Believe it or not, it's the largest in Savannah Township and Springfield Township. And because there's only a certain number of sheriffs for all of Lucas County, unfortunately, we can only have so many going to areas or helping mm-hmm. out. So the sheriff is, you know, they are overarching over everyone. So taking care of Springfield Township is concerning. And we want to make sure. So basically, um, in, in a nutshell, the small of it is that the sheriff has said that they will no longer do that, that we uh-huh. have to... Hey. And it, it, there was, uh, for, if I saw the the stories right, like there's no middle ground. It's either fund it or don't. We're either right. here or we're not. And it's I, I get we have to not make threats, but persuade or coerce. And he did the laundry list of things that won't get checked in on. Um, and I think he included the woman who stabbed her children as well. A pretty grim incident to to go from like car break-ins and whatnot. Um, where are you on the on the issue? For someone um, that's running for a state a state rep, there are two parts that I'm on this. First of all, I definitely believe in safety. Mm-hmm. So I am going to support issue five because I don't think it's a bluff. <laughs> I, I, if we don't have safety forces and we don't have a police department, it's concerning to me as a citizen in that area. And not just Springfield Township, the surrounding areas also. Because you, if you don't have um, a strong police force or safety forces, I would say, what are you going to do then um, 
it starts to affect, just like we see what's happening in the city of Toledo, it affects other areas. What is that artery? What is the heart that goes out from that? The second part is when we're talking about state funding for townships and communities and counties, that's another thing that we have to work on hard as, as what I'm doing is trying to go to Columbus and making sure how do we bring back then dollars here that are, would help citizens and communities then not to have to put the burden of safety all on the people that live in that community. And that's one of the big things I hope that citizens will ask, okay, we're gonna pass this for five years. What did, what do we do to continue that? And and I think I think having that plan makes people feel even more safe and more like myself, okay with voting for issue five. And I saw the number right, I think it's like 147 bucks per $100,000 home. And uh, I, I think you were alluding to uh, just not having protection or whatever the police are gonna provide. But I also thought, I, I know that area. I've driven out to, what's the daily? Garden Harvest. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen certain signs. And I know that if there's no police, that Al with a gun is going to feel empowered. And we don't need shootouts everywhere either. Thank you. Right. right. We right. say that stuff on the podcast. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, and, and you think about um, part of the way that we protect our safety forces is letting them have the resources to do their job. And we don't need individual citizens taking on that, mm. that right. role. Right. right? Our, our safety forces are trained. You know, even if you're talking about do they need more training, do they need to have social workers? But at the end of the day, if you look at their workers, right? So they want to go home to their families. They have families. And they also don't want an idiot, you know, somebody coming out and shooting at them, trying yeah. to take care of incident because that person feels that they can do it better than our safety forces. So we have to protect those workers. And honestly, um, there are some things nobody likes to pay taxes. I mean, let's sure. just be honest. <laughs> I do not like to pay taxes. Um, I always trip out, and I'll just give this quick analogy. When you go to another state and you have to pay taxes on food, I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but when you talk about what's important and what sustains a community, if you want your community to grow, if you want people to move to that community, you want business, you want small business workers, not owners, because we know small business owners work at their businesses. So let's just call them what they are. They're small business workers. workers. Yeah, That's right. And if you want that and you want that growth, you have to provide safety forces because every area, and I, I hope people know this, is they're rated on what is providing that city and the safety. Are you a five-star city, a three-star city, and or township? And that's important. I, I know one of the things that we talk about here often, especially when we're talking about safety in the city of Toledo, but in Northwest Ohio as a whole, you're not. We're not far from each other. You know, Springfield Township is not far from Toledo. Right is on not the bridge. From, exactly. <laughs> and there's and we know that there's a larger challenge that's happening in our community that we all need to be a part of. Yes. Um, so I think safety is absolutely increased safety and opportunity for safety should be standard. But I appreciate and I think it's really important to go back to. People don't want taxes taken out. They don't want to, you know, th that's the gripe. Like, oh, they're just taking more of my money. But you're also focusing on how do we make that sustainable. So, yes, you know, let's pass this. Let's get this done. But we're also going to continue to do the work to find out why we're not getting funding and how we get funding so that it's sustainable beyond the tax, which is really important. And I don't think people... I don't think people look beyond the surface. They see tax, you know, more money, and they don't look beyond that. And I think it's really important to, to double down on that because that's smart. I, I, I always like to say that, you know, we, it, it's not – this isn't 100 years ago where this country was, was building cities. Right. We can't dangle dollars to get people to come move here. Other parts of the country, the southwest, parts of Florida, can because we haven't populated yet. So it's unfortunate. We live here. We pay for it. Now we can vote with our votes and with our minds and with our words right. and actions to make sure the money is spent how we would like. But every time I see somebody complaining about, about taxes or, or whatnot, I was like, fine, fix your own streets. Yeah. <laughs> get that pothole done. Go right? ahead and get your bucket. Exactly. Get a shovel. <laughs> um, Erica, is this your first go at, uh, at a political office? Yes, it is. So, uh, what, wow. was, what was the impetus behind that? I work, uh, for me, it is really representing workers. I represent workers and ha being very invested in the community. So I believe that before you would decide to run for anything, it doesn't matter if it's school board, <laughs> state rep, PTA, mm -hmm. PTO, mm -hmm. that the thing is that you should have already been put in the work and have an idea of what needs to be done. So having done that for so many years, decades, I decided to come in and, and when I saw there was an open seat, I was like, I, I believe I can be the voice of the community because I have been involved. And also, the most important part, not just being involved, do you know who to call 
before you start raising your hand to pass a law <laughs> or to write legislation. We have a lot of, um, I would say, politicians, which I am not, that decide what they think is best instead of, because people don't want to hold community forums because I mean, oh my God, you might hold me accountable. I might have to be transparent. But isn't that what government is for? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the person you elect to be? So even if we don't agree and I'm like, hey, I have to, this is the reason why I passed this bill. This is why I support issue five. This is why we're doing you still have the right then to come speak to me, whether you voted for me or not, because you live in my community, and and also to be held accountable and transparent to the decisions I'm making that affect people in my community. So I feel I can do that. I, I feel um, I have the voice. I feel I know people, and I know that part of building the trust and building back what we see is in our government, building back how people feel that the government is for the people and by the people is the reason I decided to run. That's all BS, like most of the Constitution. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a, right, we th- need to live by it. I believe in it. I, I mean, look, there's a lot of BS in, in, in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, blah, blah, blah. That, that's for a civics lesson at another time. But I do want to ask you, and I ask anybody that comes on the it. show um, that runs for, for office, uh, have you come across Dan Ortiz? Oh, yes. Yes, Daniel. Yes, Daniel. We call him Dan. Okay, uh, okay. I'm going to call him Dan now, okay? <laughs> I'm going to call him by his government name. Dan's been on the podcast a bunch. We like yeah. him a lot. Um, very, very ambitious, and, mm-hmm. and he and I butt heads a little bit, but we're on the same side of things. And I asked him and anybody else like this, and I ask you, I'm of the belief that uh, so many people get into politics like yourself, and they they think they can keep the favors and money out of it. Because I think we all know if we, if we kept money out of voting, the world <laughs> would be a better, pristine place. But money has influence, and without support, and maybe That's ultimately right. favors, you won't get to where you want to be. How can you keep yourself from being a politician and being beholden to certain places if you get elected? That no, I like that question. Right. That's a good question because <laughs> I've asked that question on, in your place several yeah, times. Yeah, get, yeah. I wish we could get the money out of politics, right? So we know there's a movement to do that. It ain't happened. Yeah. Um, so I use eight, eight to show y'all serious. Is the most important part to me is who do you take money from? Mm-hmm. You can say no. Um, I, I would tell you. 100, I would say over 90% of the money I've raised has been from just regular people putting in $25. I mean, it's just real people. Yeah. Um, the other part have been for those um, organizations that support working people. So if, even if you looked at my campaign finance report, whenever the lines are decided that you can go and do that, but I, there's um, no there's open transparency. You, you have to decide what is your integrity in this? What is your soul? Are you willing to give up your soul? Mm. To gain, you know, something. I'm, I'm saying it's better, so I don't steal any words from my pastor. But that's what I mean. <laughs> what What would you give up your soul to own the world? And I'm not willing to do that. I, I don't think that. You have to think about. Yes, you can win this, and you do need money to win it. But you also need people, and people right. are power capital. I, I, there's all types of capital yeah. you can use. There's money capital, and there's power capital. If people believe in you. They're going to come out and knock on doors, and you're going to connect with voters, and you're going to take That's that true. time. And people are going to believe, and they step in and do that. Um, we've seen Bernie Sanders do that, yeah. you know, and and we've seen um, people like Morgan Harper that's running and says, "I'm not taking certain mm-hmm. pack, um, super pack or pack money." You can do that. Yes. Is it hard? Yeah. Yes. Do you have to work harder? Yes. I ain't. I ain't never scared. Let's, let's it, do it. <laughs> it's almost like trying to achieve an athletic accomplishment without like you can run mm-hmm. and train in the gym but you need certain supplements need help. it's hard so I, I commend you for doing that and that's it was so funny and there was so much hypocrisy where he's like he's gonna clean the swamp out like no it just got swampier and if uh, right. if, if Clinton would have won it might have gotten swampier as well and that's why we all had this terrible disdain for, for politicians right. which you're endeavoring to be you're endeavoring to be in politics but maybe not a right. politician elected official like, yeah. I, I like elected that's poli- a, yeah. there's the thing that I always um, laugh he said politician lie politicians lie elected officials represent people I think that's really important it, it, from the semantics of the language to exactly like there, you, you're not going to most people can see right through that anyway where you say I'm going to drain the swamp or I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and it's well beyond just expectation and reality how are you going to do you know it? what as I soon mean as you say how and people right. are like uh and I think <laughs> I think unfortunately there's a lot not the elected officials but there's a lot of politicians that will um, you know play to their bases in a way that's like 
you do know that they're treating you as if you're not intelligent enough to understand what's going on. And that's mm -hmm. not the case here, you know, especially since you've had experience working with the people living in within the you know what I mean like it's just different when you have the experience you know what you're talking about and I I'm curious because I as I'm I'm watching you so I'm watching and listening and it's your first time and I can hear the passion in your voice but I mean this is a small part locally of a larger movement of black women coming to elected official seats I'm excited, yeah. exactly like what is, <laughs> are we allowed to be excited yes <laughs> okay. yes yes I mean I scream that from the mountaintops every time um how do you feel how do, what is that like for you wow that that's a deep question I got to give me chills. Um, for me that is is the being able to inspire, mm -hmm. not only inspire, but to leave those footsteps, not footprints. Footprints are like a real footsteps are make that deep impression of how do we have other women follow yeah. and run for something. Mm -hmm. it, it, it may not be running for state rep. You may not like bills and legislation, but did you know there are different boards with the city of Toledo that you can run and sit right. on? Do you know there's school boards? There's You can go and you can help decide how, what we're going to do with ag, what we're going to do with our water. Mm -hmm. Whatever your passion is, you can step up. And, and black women, it's exciting to see that we are getting a chance to be in those leadership roles. And you know, I know what the most exciting part about it to me is I can tell you um, on my campaign team is predominantly males and white males. I, wow. I will say that. that. And so I love the thing that I love the most is people are like, you're my person. Mm -hmm. I love that you're a black woman, but that's not why I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you because you're the right person. And, you, mm -hmm. and we wish you were already here. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the greater. I mean, I love that being recognized as being a black woman. But when someone says to me, but. Who you are is the reason I believe in you, and I'm mm -hmm. willing to get behind you and help you. It's exciting, and we should never let any of this for any little girl. She should see not only black women, but her sisters. What I, what I always say, her sister or someone else is giving them that boost, that up. You can right. do this. And what's the most exciting part is when we have allies or exactly. men beside us that are like, girl, that's right, do exactly. that. I mean, that's the part that just... It feels good. It, yeah. it's, it's good. And it, and it makes you want to, to go back to what you said, to do the right thing. To do the right thing. To do the right thing. Exactly. Because people are expecting it of you, and you should want to do that. Yeah. I want to ask a theoretical question, and it goes back to, to this whole subject. My fear is that there are some people in politics that we revile right now mm. who got in with integrity high atop their list. And they just got sucked into it. And that's that's the problem with so much, why so many people are disillusioned and why some people will shout out, drain the swamp and all that stuff. But that that's my fear for people like you and Dan and uh, Nikomai seems to have balanced it well. But that's that's my fear. And we can touch you guys. Um, but that is my big fear because I'm sure that there are people who are like, I, there was an Erica somewhere many years ago in some studio <laughs> saying integrity, credibility, Honesty. And now they're getting $100 handshakes. Everybody's missing the hand gestures there. That's really important. Right, I know. I didn't know there were $100 handshakes. Are there, ah, is there such a thing? We need to practice, though. Did you not have grandparents? Um, let me switch up and go back to labor stuff. We've talked a lot about this. I, I've said that um, I, I think I know unions are making a comeback. I fret, and I want your expertise on this, I fret they will never work as they once did because of the gap. Like, employers can just pay off the people to pull the unions apart, which Amazon has kind of done. Um, I don't know if they'll ever come back like they did uh, 150 years ago. It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm a big fan. I enjoy reading about the late 19th century. Uh, Civil War, the Industrial Revo Revolution, the robber barons, and we're right where Teddy Roosevelt was running on the middle class person, getting us better for protections for food. Unions came around and we're right here, same cycle, history does repeat. But I think that financial gap is just so big. I'm happy that people are exercising their power, but during the pandemic and, and the tentacles of it, it seems to have caused the largest, in my opinion, largest, most disorganized labor movement in a hundred years. <laughs> and instead of having groups of people, we just have like-minded individuals who have said what I've always preached. If you don't like it, there's one thing you can do, especially now, leave. And we've learned, mm -hmm. we called it the great resignation. The name is now the great reshuffling. People didn't resign to go sit on their couches. They took another job. And mm -hmm. that, Thank you. That, oh, that my seemed, gosh. Thank you for mm -hmm. saying that. People are like, mm -hmm. people don't want to work. I said, no, they don't want to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So give, yeah. me, give me your perspective on that. How much strength can unions come back to, or are they just in a losing battle because of that, that gap? There's two parts to that. I'm glad you asked that. Um, and, and I always like people to know that unions are working people and they're working people voices. And that's where that struggle came from or that rise was that workers wanted to have a 40-hour work week so they could be with their families. They wanted to not, they're like, um, you want to get rich? No, we just want to be paid fairly for the work we do so we can take our families to movies and, right. and take vacations. Right. I'm, I'm a, I'll tell you this right now before we move forward. I love being working class. I love being middle class. I did not come from middle class. I was actually poor growing up to get here. I'm good. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I, mm-hmm. More money, more problems. I, I know, that's right. So I'm good with this, this little, this little shmoney I got. But the, <laughs> the bigger thing that you said that is where we are looking at the labor movement, that it's going to change. We know the face of it has to change, that the way that it has been organized is changing because we look at the workers now that are coming into the labor movement. First, you know, what they expect and what they want. So for me, um, having a defined pension is still important. Whereas you look at younger kids, they want to move their pension. You they know? don't even know what a pension is. Well, that's Alex, cool, right? <laughs> my, my dad is of the I pension do. era. I do. Most people, Alex. Alex, I just invested my 401k in an aggressive plan. But wait, that's different than a pension because the deck was stacked. Pensions bankrupted cities. Mm -hmm. Where I'm from, Philadelphia, we've seen it in Detroit. We thought it was a great idea to lure workers to work for their city. 30 years. Yes. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) On my 30 years this year, I stayed. Golden handcuffs. That's what we call them. They're gold. And now it's put cities in, in big trouble. And at some point over the last 30 years, we've shifted to 401ks, which is not as generous no, as pensions. It's no. And it's yeah, it's no. scary to see what's happening now if something I can else tell you why it was, well, those were bankrupt. They weren't funded correctly. Yeah. So people, uh, let's be honest, that there were people, politicians, stealing from the pension fund. There you go. Those pension funds, when people, when you, when you bargain, if I said, Alex, I, you can get paid $40 an hour, but what, what I'm going to do is we're going to make sure you get... $28 an hour. This much is going to your pension. This is much. Don't think that cities just gave people pensions. They used to pitch and pick up, which is true. But I took part of your wage as a, as someone that bargains contract, and I put it back to fund your pension. So we do want to let people know that pensions are funded. But it's, as you said, the labor movement is changed. The thing is that workers... And their demographic has expanded. We're not just factory workers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're communication workers. We're... Um, soccer players mm-hmm. I mean I always tell people look at the NBA the NFL and the Screen Actors Guild they're all multi-millionaires why would they want to be a part of a union and people the number one thing actually what people are shocked about is safety people want to feel safe when they go to work 100 years ago when you would die in a factory <laughs> that was the beginning of the labor movement it never stopped can I throw something out and maybe I'm oversimplifying it I know a little bit from my dad and having seen in, in big, big cities moving around it was mismanagement of pensions and I also think there was no foresight. We're just going to lure people to work here, <laughs> right. and we're, we're going to kick the can down, down the, the road, road so somebody else has to pay for it, and we have reached that point. Like, just terrible mismanagement. I get it. It's hard to see 40 years in the future, but that's why, at least how I go about voting, I need you to have foresight to see where we're going to be, which is why I, I Margot appreciated my interest in the road diet because they're trying something or else downtown mommy will be dead mm-hmm. it's little things that we miss that have put us in these right. terrible positions what's right now you're five years and you should everything should be run i i also think like from working for a corporation what's your one year three year five year ten year you're, you're going out and unions are changing the way we look at things we're looking more at that what does that cost structure look like where are they at the most the most important thing is workers what are the workers now? What do they need and what are they looking for? And we know that people, what do they want? They, they want to be safe. Why are Amazon workers organizing? Because they don't want to die at work. No one wants right. to die at work. You know, work too much. Why, why, what is the other thing? People want to be paired at fair wage. They don't have any work to death, literally. And healthcare. Healthcare is such a big, I mean, it's part of, I always say, healthcare say is, is, yeah. is the number one thing when we think about people's safety and health to take care of themselves. How the heck can you come to work every day if you're sick because yeah. you don't have healthcare? It's like an oxymoron. It, it's also a part of this, and I, I don't like to, to be evil towards capitalism. I just think that there's 
some evil players within the game, and right. we know we've heard the word, we we've, we've heard the term greed. We yes. commoditized people's well-being, and now mm -hmm. we have astronomical premiums for health insurance. Like I, when we opened that free market in the eighties, I'm just gonna say, yeah. that. <laughs> who, who the president was in that time? But it, it was a. Capitalism is not evil. It's when we open up a free market without checks and balances. Yeah. And now we pay $130 uh, every two months for our premium to pay more than ever in, in gigantic deductibles. And all this comes together to create problems for workers. What do you, as, as a leader of labor, tell these people? Uh, you know, when it comes to health care, we are going well, I mean anything. Anything. Advising a young worker. A young worker. The most important part is to realize that you do have rights and that you are an asset to any, whether you are working at McDonald's, you really are because people want their food, right? Or you're in an office where you're designing mechanical parts and you're an engineer, that every worker has value. And we always hear Sherrod Brown talk about the dignity of work. He never says this work is dignity and this is not. All work dignifies people because they're coming out and they're being active in in the community and giving back by paying taxes yep that helps your community mm -hmm. by also being an active part in what goes on as far as we call living we're, we're designed to and, and again i'm also a believer so we also believe that we were designed by god to work i mean it's in the bible so when people say i was like it's right there and can't the bible. sit around though that we'd be bored right right <laughs> no, I'm not, but some people cause mischief so as a young worker i would say if you're interested you know, in organizing or coming together as a worker, you have that power to do that. And a lot of it, believe it or not, I tell people, is sitting down and talking to the employer. Uh, every employer is not evil. Every employer is not wants to come out and squash you and fire you the first time you say, we want to come together. There, a lot of them, the reason why we haven't gotten any further, and I'll add this with far as um, making sure that workers are able to organize and speak up for themselves when it comes to safety, health care, and wages is because the NLRB, those, those laws are still, they're being changed um, and they're being put back in place where we have people, workers on the National Labor Relations Board. Wouldn't that make sense and not a right. corporate person? Representation, <laughs> you want yeah. You want Bezo, you want Benzo, you know, the yeah. person working downstairs yeah. that knows yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. But the big thing is to make sure that we change those laws so that people have a way to step up and have rights so it doesn't matter if i say you have rights as a worker if every law written pins you down to not having a right right i came up in the professional culture i i thrived from it i got promotions because of it i came up in a, in a corporate culture which is too pervasive and and evil and it's probably happened in a variety of ways for decades um, because when you have resources you can make decisions that others don't have to right i've come up in the era of tacitly understood well if you don't do it we'll get somebody younger and cheaper to do it for you <laughs> <I'm lying. laughs> it, it's awful right. and it i is. can't tell you how sinister evil that. and pervasive that is again i have i have had good fortune from it uh eight years 2009 i was promoted to a position because my boss made too much money in the eyes of the company and they would take whatever handoff uh, to me, I'd make less, but I get better responsibilities. And that's where employers have really prayed. And that's where I think that they can divide these labor unions. Yes. They'll, pull, they'll pull somebody aside and go, Alex, well, I don't want to use him as an example. Sorry. You can use me as no, an example. I think I, I made the point. Erica, like, you're asking too much money. Alex will do it for half the money. You know, and they don't say that. I know, but that's between the lines, right? They don't. But, you know, there's a, a, a big thing that's happening as people are living longer. We know that it's going to take the integration of knowledge from the worker that's been there. And I would say the drive that I mean, think about whenever you started something new, you were like, ah, like, oh, I'm yeah. in there. After a while, you get settled in there, not because you're lazy, but because you like, I know I put this here and this, this here and there. When Alex comes in, she's like, oh, but if you put this here and here, you can get to there quicker. Instead of me saying, I feel threatened, I'm going to say, hey, how can we work together and do that? We've got to make it in a work environment that that generational age gap, that has to be integrated into balance because we can get the skilled um, knowledge of an older, mature worker. I'll say mature, not older. No, you're right. And the drive of a young worker. Think of where you can be it's the, as a business when you do that. It's the apex of human achievement. Exactly yes. what you just described. Um, but companies find ways around it. They take the experience and smarts yeah, from person. Out the door. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Leave that on the table, but train them first. Another <laughs> minor thing that I don't think we considered that certainly applies to my dad that I don't think pension creators did 50 years ago. We live longer. Oh, yeah. They didn't expect my dad to still be alive. And yeah. you got those knee replacements. Not that your dad knee replacements. <laughs> but I'm like, you need a hip, a knee? Oh, yeah. my, you're back for another knee? It's I mean, like, seriously, sure, it's happening. Wookie, I, I think my dad's city pension is maybe near what his salary was. And this was, you know, in the 70s and 80s when he was doing his 30 years. And I don't think that they expected people to live that long and they have to keep paying that. Like you, You've heard about like early buyouts. Yes. So we'll give you a chunk now and just in case you live to 110 and all these little things that we didn't have foresight for and unfortunately, as we've all thought, Alex is finding out, somebody's got to take the bill, foot the bill for it and it's the younger people and that's why we have this divisiveness. Another reason why we have it. Right. And when it comes to public sector workers, I will say this, that many i would say all the time they get paid a lot less than they would on the corporate side mm -hmm. and so part of the way that you work with people to come in and be firefighters and police officers and sheriffs and work at the county jail and that what do you or the university where they make substantially less an hour is you say we're going to give you free college you know we're going to help with tuition with you and your family or and the other thing is to offer a pension. So that was there. But again, how do you fund that? How do you keep funding it? And that's still for so if you look at a lot of the firefighter pensions or safety force pension that um, OPERS, PERS, STIRS, that what has happened is that they're, the money is being put in, but it's being reallocated by, I would say, those that work for the state. And that happens. So And, and so them taking less money for per hour means that how do we give them back? We allow them a pension. Right. People on the corporate side, like me, I work for a private sector employer, um, they can fund, it, it, they can actually fund those pensions without a problem. A lot of them, major corporations, they've decided they don't want to, and that's how they started pushing off to the 401k. I, there, when we talk about funding of pensions for, pub, for public sector workers, I understand that. That's why we have to have laws and people in place like y'all, you know, <laughs> seriously, that say, my dad got a pension. This is why it's important. But this is how we continue to fund pensions the right way. This is how we don't dip into them, steal from them. The other thing is you'll see on the private sector, you'll see the same thing. Remember, Jim? Mm -hmm. Why did the workers, why were they going to lose their pensions? Because Jim just kept, you know, borrowing from against the pension fund. It was the old line, robbing <laughs> Peter to pay Paul. Can we still say that? Yes, we yeah. can. Okay. <laughs> and we've seen that happen. And, it, and it's sad because... What most people don't understand is we pay into our pensions, that we don't take the full salary we could get, mm -hmm. and it should be on top of this. So when you're talking about funding, yes, we have to look at who is changing the funding, how do we get the funding back, and what looks real for that model to move forward for pensions. Because the whole reason pensions were created wasn't just to get people to work there, but it was to make sure that people at some point, when they could no longer work, when there was a time for rest, when there's a time for me for to move up my spot so younger people can move into my spot, that I'm moving on, that you had something to live off of. So guess what? You weren't at the soup kitchen. Right. You know, Social Security, we pay into that too. So that's not a time program. I want my Social Security too. But it's not enough. So the way we, we, we layer that and allow people to get gas and medication and to have time with their families, their last years are pensions. Pensions are not bad. They can be funded. We just have to get the model and make sure that people aren't going into those pension funds and stealing from them or borrowing. To, the nice way to say it is borrowing to pay Peter for Paul or whatever Rob that Peter was. to pay Paul. Rob Peter. Peter. Okay, I don't like Rob, but okay, I was, I was like borrow. <laughs> They're politicians. They're robbing and stealing from the working man. But Luring. we've seen that, and and you. This is. Um, who was, and I can't remember her name, um, Gazelle, the lady that just got in trouble with Epstein. Oh, uh, Jilly, J The woman in jail now. Yeah, the like, woman in jail now. Yeah. Jillian, Gillian, yeah. Gillian. Have you ever read her story on her dad? He owned no. one of the largest newspapers in yes. Um, Europe. Yes, And why did, why did people end up hating him? He stole their pensions. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. You think about when people are retiring pensions, and I can even ask about your dad, Unless you're getting COLA, which is the cost of living um, to keep up. Mm -hmm. Think about people that are retiring with pensions today, and you're talking about maybe you're getting 40000 to 60000 a year. How is that getting you to where you need to be if you've got to pay for health care yeah. and, and you've, got to, you've got to pay for your house? Or maybe you have a—and think about it, the opioid crisis. How many people are taking care of their family members, their children? Grandparents are doing it. 
on, and I mean, so we mm-hmm. only think like, oh, the people should do it fine. There are a lot of people that depend on that pension beyond just their own care. I, I look at it. If, I'll give you my dad. My dad's example. I honestly think his pension is like seventy-five or eighty grand a year. Uh, I think the co- the colas, which I think there's a local school district around here or, or at the state level, was fighting for that, and they and deserve we just it. Got it done. Yes, yes for teachers. Yes. yes, yes. yes. And it, it, this is how. This is how awful this is. It's like one or two percent. It's laughable. Yeah. So I think they don't 20%. have to do those for people with pensions like my dad because they were paid so exorbitantly back then mm-hmm. where someone in my dad's position now is probably making half of that. Mm-hmm. It, it's an it's awful. It's disgusting. I can talk about this forever with you. No, I, I appreciate that. And you know what? What I appreciate is that we can talk about those real issues that affect people because that is what someone as an elected official I look I we're not going to agree 100% but what we can agree on is how do we what is the solution that we're working toward so we say what is the solution we're working toward for state pensions and how do we continue to help people so I know cuz nobody wants to see anybody on welfare but if you're not paying them a decent wage if you're not making sure people have pensions or something to retire with this economy you fix a pothole, you know how to fix a pothole? People got to have jobs. Yeah. And they have to have jobs that they show up to every day that they're doing so that we can move our economy, a strong economy. This is an excellent segue, and I'll get us to there because the reason when I, I was at the mental health levy kickoff, my boss's corporate level would not let me publicly support it. Oh, wow. Really? There's been some conservative hosts in the company who were wildfires, a couple died, were anti-vaxxers. So I think they just shut it all down. Like, Because I talk about mental health all, all the time. Right. I think corporate saw ballot levy, levy, no. But I was there, and I saw you talking about your son. One of the things that Alex and I have done regularly is we want to we look at criminal criminality different. And what's the best place to possibly get a, a workforce? Fix people who are a little broken. Get them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not ta- we're not talking chain gangs, but... Let's rehabilitation. Yes, actual actual rehabilitation in some of these places. I'm getting a quick relationship with Judge Lindsay Navarre about all this stuff. Yes. You spoke about your son very briefly at the mental health levy kickoff. I want the long version now, please. (laughs) Um, Just, I I will start here. Um, We noticed when my son was younger, um, and most parents don't want to look at that. And it's, it's like when you're like, wow, I think something may not be all the way right, right with my child. And we had our son very young when we were 20. We're married by the time we're 21. Don't do the, the age on that. <laughs> but, so um, so the son's like eight right now? Yeah, he's only eight. He's only eight. Seven. <laughs> eight next year. Um, so acknowledging, I would like to say off, acknowledging mental health is hard not only for the person, or for the family mm-hmm. because you never want to think I have all these dreams for this child or or parent even people remember there are kids dealing with parents that have yeah. mental health issues being caregivers so you, yeah. Thank, yeah, yeah, yeah so when you think of a family we have this idea of what a family is instead of what it actually is what it is instead of what it is and that was hard for me and so my son dealt with a misdiagnosis which I didn't know that Many children labeled ADHD are not Mm. ADHD. Mm -hmm. We found out later that he was actually bipolar. Mm -hmm. Um, And people hear these terms, ADHD, bipolar, and they're like, oh, that's nothing. That, you know, they are really hard for people. And I know if you watched Ozark. Um, didn't didn't well there's a, I don't want to there's a scene in Ozark you can ruin it it's been out plenty long ago okay. <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a scene in Ozark where Wendy's brother um, and he didn't want to take his medication and on when I was watching that and anyone who's listening will know where I'm going and she said please take your meds and he's like no they don't they don't they you know I can't have this they cause me this I don't want to do that and he didn't take them and my husband and I looked at each other and we said we know where this is going yeah and so understanding um, when you're dealing with someone that has any type of mental health issue, they have to have access to whatever counseling, they have to have access to their medications because they are expensive. But the other part is the family. The family has to be supported. So we said 20,000 people have been served. That ain't nothing. We're just starting. There are so many people out here every day that are embarrassed because they suffer from severe depression Mm -hmm. and don't think that's a mental health issue. Um, There are people that every day go home with high anxiety where they don't know if they can make it the next day, if they can get out the bed. You know, and so what do people do? We see them abuse alcohol 
or drugs. And we, but we can stop that. Mental health, by addressing mental health, that's preventative. We allow people to live happy, long, maybe it won't be happy every day because we know that's not, but I mean, sustainable right. lives where you feel you're in control. Right. Mental health is about allowing where you are to feel in control of what you're able to do. And so when you say allowing people that suffer from mental health to come in, we talked about being productive and having in our society and being able to have a self-worth, that's what we do. And we might have to, with my son, I have to repeat things and I do have to come to three and pray to Jesus a lot. Um, and anybody <laughs> who knows love mental health, you know what I mean by that is because you're gonna say things four or five times. And so for each one of us that need that one chance to do something again, People with mental health issues might need five, fifty, a thousand. Give them your chance that you didn't have to take and help them. All this stuff, like this is why I wanted to have you in, in here. And I wasn't totally certain about your labor background. I just heard you speak about your son and uh, you were hanging with the good good people. I'm like, got to get you in here. But the, like I said, I could do the labor thing forever because everything is connected. Yeah. You said people go home with anxiety every day. Employers... You might be causing it by how you're mistreating <laughs> yes. your employees, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'm gonna I'll suss that out even further. Oh, you know, I, I'm only paying when I can pay them. Well, maybe you're creating this anxiety, this yeah. depression, right. this wayward employee. And you know what that's gonna do? You're gonna lose productivity. Your pre the pre your healthcare on the employer side costs will go up. Right. It's all connected, but we're all so, especially people who are making important decisions, hmm. are short sighted and don't see that. Um, to weave my dad back into this, he had always beaten into my head whenever. So I have bipolar too. Um, okay. As Al, I, Al, I was on my floor crying, uh, wailing a couple of uh, several Saturdays ago because I was crossing medications. Oh, yeah. I had never felt like that before, but I knew that my brain was like a, a, a wet noodle. So I'm like, I just got to get through it. Um, my dad has always invoked in me because he saw, saw the skyrocketing healthcare prices. You, you can leave your job and you'll get rid of the stress, but. What happens if you get hit by a bus? No healthcare. I'll say, well, I'll, I'll help make sure the bus comes back and finishes me off. <laughs> so I'm dead. No. You know, funerals and your dad says some Jesus stuff in his head. I'm Jewish, so yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Literally, I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and we have the same sense of humor. But the other part of that is now, like, if I just had it with work, can step away. I've got some money to tap into, but you're right. Medication is expensive, mm -hmm. and I, I, I know. Alex will tell you. I know to never be off of my medication. Nobody wants to see that. Right. Um. And without a job, right. And how much that would eat away? Like all this stuff is so connected, and it's unfortunate that more people don't see that. We would have a better population. We'd be less at each other's throats. Everything would be so much better. But. Whether you want to call it greed, short-sightedness, selfishness, which are all of that, unfortunately, innate to too many human beings, because it's not them, or they're denying that it's them or someone in their family. That's true, and that's the problem. That's we have. true. When you can say, like, when you were giving that, I started tearing because I know, I've seen it happen to my son. I've seen the mental break, mm -hmm. um, and and how hard it was to get the diagnosis, and people, how they just downplay down downplay bipolarism or depression or anxiety oh just gosh. in your head they, they it's yeah it is really in your head you know yeah, it I mean, should it, be a slogan it's, just it's, in your head yeah because, i'm gonna steal that <laughs> yeah just in your head because it it when you there's another thing there was um they came up with a law where if they saw an abused animal then it meant there was a child in the house more likely that child might also be abused when we talk about mental health and people coping with it the people around them have to bear that. And I'm not saying that people all that have mental health issues hurt animals or anything like not at all. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that you can help prevent child abuse. You can prevent drug abuse. If you just say, hey, you know what? I see you're going through a lot. Maybe we can talk. Because the hardest thing, and you might want to share this also, is when I had to explain my husband and I to our son that you are special. And because of that, there are certain things you're going to do for your health. This is just part of your health. We call it mental health, but it's actually the whole pain. And that's my background also is, um, is um, health and wellness. That's where I'm finishing my degree in and changed to that. And we talk about there is no balance between spiritual, mental, and physical it's health. It's all the same thing. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes you feel really good spiritually, but physically and mentally you're down. Sometimes yeah. your mental health is up, but you're like, I just want to lay in this bed and eat these tater yeah. chips. Yeah. I don't want to think about nothing. <laughs> I'm just kind of sad. So we have to look at the whole of the person. And what we want to say is, how are you feeling today Do you, when we talk about your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health? And we have to give everybody that grace, everybody that chance. 
and we talk about mental health, all of us, no matter we want to admit it or not, at some point, you're going to experience some type of, uh, you're going to experience something when it comes to your mental health. And, and the last thing I was going to add to that, too, is that we talk about being healthy is always like, I feel good and going out today. No, that's not what it means to be healthy. It's not the absence of sickness. It means that you're keeping things in balance at any time, just like your yeah. physical health. But you talk about going out and getting hit by a bus. You can go out any time and have a mental, you can have a mental break. Something could happen. You could lose a parent, a loved one. You could be right. evicted. Your boss could come in and say something to you and you break. Instead of leaving these people broken, mm -hmm. we can do something to make sure that our society continues, our communities, and so we're not looking at people and calling them crazy. Mm -hmm. We're really understanding what we can do to make sure that everyone has a place in our community. I think mental health has a has a spot at the table now, the discussion of mental health at, at every table. With black women. Uh, at, 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 I mean, black women and mental <laughs> health is there. We're there. At every table, there's a spot for mental health. Now, employers are, are changing their, their <clears throat> sick vacation and mental health days. There's... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? How many of our employers, you know, at, with at, when your dad was working, how many of them were undiagnosed, untreated, causing the anxiety in the other workers, you know, that grew up to be like anxious adults, adults with health care issues because of chronic stress like that. Or other bosses that were like, rah, rah, rah. Correct. like oh, this guy has mental health issues. And, I think, and I think yeah. somebody my age and, and people within my age group can see that and mm -hmm. and demand different. You know, yes. expect different, demand different, and speak up and say different. You're but changing it, things. Yeah. You, your generation, I will tell you that I appreciate from, um, and I'm Generation X, remember we were all over the place, we didn't want to do anything. I, I think that's funny. <laughs> but I look at the children we've raised. Y'all are changing things. Mm. And for those that are not allowing you to make that change, you need to ask them to step aside. I I have one last question, and I didn't want to up interrupt what you were talking no, about, but I'm going to go backwards. We were just at, uh, at Bowser yesterday. We were. We got invited to a, a, a class, and that is a mostly non-white school, I think. If anything, it's 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 extremely mixed. Um, I've been, I have friends, and I don't want to repeat a story because Alex heard it a, a million times, but you seem to recognize there's something wrong with your son immediately many times, and Allison support this, I'm not saying anything that mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally say, somebody with your skin color might dismiss it, because, and we're Absolutely. trying to change that. Mm -hmm. um, as a friend of mine said, black people don't talk about mental health. And that was we like, that was like seven years ago, and thanks to people like Alex, and when I wear the right shoes at Bowser... <laughs> They'll talk to you? Yes. But can, did you get, first of all, let me ask this, and Alex says, I'll ask it, is your husband black? Yes. Okay. Um, was his upbringing like similar to yours? Like went to like a Rogers type high school, all that stuff. Actually, no. He grew up in the old South End. Okay. Uh, With uh, a bunch of Spanish people. <laughs> yes, he did. Believe it or not. Um, so he grew up in the old South End, off of South and Broadway. And his dad um, worked at a factory, and his mom was a stay-at-home mom. Oh. Where I came from, a single family household. My mom was a single mom, and there were no brothers. It was me and my sister. So a little different. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we both came from working class families. What? Maybe I'm wrong, but I gather that as soon as you notice something wrong with your son, you pounced in. I don't know how many black families would do that. Right. Yeah, and I wasn't right. So I will say this, and this, and I will share this because I hope it'll help someone else. Our families, um, not just me, and they were like, you got to get this boy together. Yeah. It's just out of control. Yeah. You guys aren't being good parents. From the school, we heard that you do not want to... Um, you don't want to make sure that you're taking care of your child. You're in denial. Something's wrong. So we heard all this. So it was like, you should spank. Yep. Mm -hmm. You got to discipline. Get you the should spank. Yep. Get him. Y'all not yep. doing that right. You said Just you never wanted. Just give me five minutes with him. Yeah, yes. That's what. <laughs> um, the other part was take everything away from him. This is going to make him different. The other thing was medicate him. Mm -hmm. um, and the, pray. Just pray on it. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Just pray. Um, we tried all those. None of those worked. <clears throat> I, I can say. And as a parent, I feel really bad because I was didn't know and what you talk about from the African-American, a lot of, it's not just the African-American community. I will say, I tear people say all the time, white folks don't spank their kids. And I always say, what white folks did you know? Because when I grew up, I went to Rogers, which were mixed neighborhoods. All the white folks I went to school with, 
They got spankings too. Spankings too. Yeah. If you're, if my dad's coming in a few weeks, he would love to tell the story about the one time he hit me and my eyes looked up like I saw God. <laughs> and, 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 and Emily and, never had to do it. And then again. parents yes. at that time like to brag to other parents. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that was horrible. I remember but, um, spanking her too. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it makes me laugh because I'm thinking back on the ones I got. Um, but it. It was, it's the culture. And so what you find out is that the way we deal with it a lot is being, going back to bringing in mental health and being workers and being middle class or lower class, the way we deal with a lot of things is that if our kids are getting out of hand and the school is calling and people are saying you're not doing your job, a lot of times we're like discipline, discipline, discipline. Um, there were, but there got to a point when between discipline and taking things away and that, that we recognize that that wasn't the that right. wasn't going to solve anything. They were giving, my son was taking medication and they would make him really sick. I'm sure you went through this, really sick. You didn't feel good when you talked about the wet noodle experience. Um, he hallucinated once and thought that SpongeBob, as a kid, remember SpongeBob, he thought that there were ants and he was in there screaming and we couldn't figure out what was going on. The eyes were coming out. We took him off the patch. There are a lot of things if you're a parent dealing with a child and you're trying to identify where you're even like, I give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want my child to be hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't, this prayer thing is kind of working, not really. I think it's working more for me for my mental health and right. that. Um, I don't know what to do. So it has to be talked about in the black community, in all communities. And the other thing is to be very, I always tell when I go and speak at health fairs or I'm speaking about health and wellness, some of y'all might know me from Channel 13 and talking about that, but the most important thing is that the black, the Bible is very important to black families and Hispanic families. Yep. I know for sure. Yeah. We write down in there our whole family history. When you're writing down what Big Mama, what year she died and all this, please write down what Big Mama died of. Because many families, minority families, poor families do not have any idea what their health is besides diabetes, high blood pressure and that. And I'm like, you're so much more than this. Mm -hmm. Those are preventive. How do we start to change? And this is what's important that you're right on the right track. The way we start to change the trajectory of things is we start to find out what things are preventative. We know if we have a good, strong education system, we allow social and economic mobility. If yep. we have good social and economic mobility, we build communities with the tax base. If we have that, we send people to Columbus and the city council to represent the voices of people and they get it. It's nothing wrong with saying there's nothing wrong with capitalism in this country. What makes capitalism evil is when you say there are classes of people that do not belong here because you couldn't afford to go to an Ivy League right. school or you couldn't afford to do this, but you did what you did with the resources you have, and we have to make sure those resources are available. They're not free. Ain't nobody getting none for free. Right. But if you need boots and I got boots, then I don't need another pair of free pair of boots. You need boots too. And that's how we start to move. We're only going to become the best of who we are when we help those who are the least of where we are right now in our in our city, in our county, in our country. I read something earlier today. Um, it pushed back on rent control. And it was a long study, and I just read the abstract of it. And I, I couldn't help but think, because of something else I, I read, it's another thing. Um, but you should run for office. No. <laughs> on. I know. <laughs> I have said too many things that will come back to haunt me, so I all I will that's, do is... That's also I will, true. I, will have, <laughs> I, I would be... I'll tell you, we'll go have coffee and we'll talk about some more things. Um, but there, I, I thought about like this, the pushback against rent control. And it, it's, rel- it's relative because of uh, the Southland Shopping Center and how yeah. people think a bunch of poor people are going to show up. I'm like, you in these neighborhoods make $25 an hour. But it said, this report said that uh, rent control actually works against neighborhoods. I, I don't know. But I did know when I read that pushback, I'm like, you know what? But whatever else is... If they just built a neighborhood and there was no affordable housing or rent control, you know who would still lose? The people on the bottom. Because the people on the bottom right. always lose. Right. Um, that was good. I'm done. Thank wow. you. Do you, you want to ask the, the fun question, the hard questions? Uh, we have hard questions. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite Metro Park? Ooh. It's going to be Wildwood, I have to say. Oh, I love I, it's Because good. I went there with my kids and it has yeah. the bridge and all that. Yeah. I now the really hard one. The one that like okay. stumps everybody. <laughs> Because they think they're really going to piss off potential constituents. What's your favorite pizza place? Okay, let me really think. And all it's, the votes are flying out the window it's now. Amy's Pizza. Okay. Amy's, I've never had it. It's on Central. Central and Savannah. Yes, it is my favorite pizza place. Um, 
it is <laughs> the Gino's recipe yeah. with the Amy's face. Yes. There is <laughs> drama with that. Yes, I it is. That. I was wondering if And she's if married that's to a firefighter. One. And that's how we found out about Amy. Wow. Yeah. She sold it, but the people, the, the gentleman, his wife that owned it, he's a sheriff. So if you want, it's Look a working family. working family. family. I Look got, at that. I always go in there, but yes, Amy's Pizza, you got to try it. Good stuff. I see him in Pizza, well, we had Pizza Palooza. Um, really it, impressive. Really impressive. I mean, I, really impressive. I don't know about you. I, I mean, I think we have the same thought. We can do post game pizza. Well, no, 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 oh, oh. <laughs> no, no ma'am. Po- you <laughs> yeah. post game analysis right now. I would say is like within five minutes of Erica jumping on the mic with us. It's like yes, this is the one of the people. Yeah, exactly. That. And then that just your your knowledge. I think that it's really. I'm I'm so glad we got to talk for as long as we did. And I sat out because I'm like you two go because the knowledge that you have I feel like far exceeds your average candidate in a lot of roles You're, if I'm being honest you you know if I'm being I honest I mean I take that to heart because so I don't know so that's immediate for me that's immediate trustworthiness right the knowledge the the lived life the experience from from personal to professional well done you know very lot, impressive you know a lot about a, a lot about a lot a lot I, <laughs> do you have any do any hot sports takes you want to throw at us <laughs> um well, let me think here. Well, my favorite team is Steelers. I don't know if that is that. Oh, uh, honey. Oh, no. Steelers? Browns fan. <laughs> oh, Brown. I mean, I give Browns the prize. I give, um, of course, I'm a big Bron fan. I'm big. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. just team Bron. Um, but, you know, I, I really. Him once. I'm not into sports too much, so I'll just say University of Toledo. Is that okay? Ooh, I, just, I know about University of Toledo. Um, but, yeah, I I am just the, the greatest gift that I have is being able to talk to people. And I love people, even when people are difficult. Mm. (laughs) Um, Because I believe that not everyone, some people just want you to listen. And if we could do that more. That's what I try to convey with, I I think I was a responsible broadcaster doing my job during like the really pre-vaccine times in COVID, Um, you know, this is a pop radio, <laughs> the, the radio station. It's pop music. Like people come to us for escape, but I also wanted them to be informed about things that we were doing here. And something that I have learned is I've done, you know, tried to convey. I'm 43 years old now. I, I have. Half, wow, you look young. Thank. You. It's the wow. t-shirts and hat. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to Perrysburg High School tomorrow to talk to Career Day. I'm not going to talk anything about like, hey, be a radio, be on the radio, get a podcast. It's going to be about more the things that I've learned in my professional and personal life. And one thing that I could tell everybody is exactly what you just did. It applies to everything. And so, as Alex knows, I'm quite averse to relationships unless there is a microphone or they bark. But I do know, I do know that most people in relationships, sometimes a fight is over so fast when somebody just had a shitty day and they want to be heard. Yes. That's it. And we call that grace. Giving yeah. people grace. Um, and that's important. Uh, I always just take, it's easy to react, Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about real emotional intelligence, sometimes taking a step back, when you roll past me, you flip that finger off, and it's not just because I'm running for office now. (laughs) It it itches, I want to throw it back at you, but the important thing, I'm like, what if you just dropped your kids off at school, or something really bad happened to you, and even though you cut me off, and I never cut you off, throwing that finger up made you feel better. Well, God bless you. <laughs> I'm glad that it was me you threw it up at because I'm not even going to get mad. In fact, right. when people act like that, a lot of times I'm like, this is going to take me longer. I'm going to turn down this street and go the other way because because you can release that. And again, going back, it all is, on, is mental health. Do I want my mental health at that time to be challenged by someone who I don't know what they're going through? And now they could just be an a-hole. Who knows? They could be because they're, we're there. But Or do I want to say this is one moment in time and I have control over this moment to go the other way because sometimes people just need our grace many times they just need to be heard right we're not listening and a lot of what we hear people yelling that is rhetoric and it's evil and and not being in line with who we're supposed to be as Americans if you talk to the average person on the street they're all saying the same thing they're not for rhetoric they don't want to they're not into being evil they just want to feed their families 
be able to live somewhere safe. Yep. Have a decent job, and then you know what we're all gonna do is die. Right, you know, right. and leave a little, leave a little something for your kids or your family. At least yeah. get there. At least make the money. They used to say, "Let the money meet the end of the month." Let the money meet the end of your life. You yeah, know, right. with some health care and, and right. that. That's or like, right. I said, if, if you get hit by a bus, just make sure it backs up. If you right. love insurance, right, come back. Yeah. Wait, wait, I'm still. Uh, so- thank you, uh, May. If anybody is still here, we've gone on a long time, and it's I'm been a sorry. great. No, 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 totally good. May third primary, yes. Not for me. Okay. okay. Um, so these are statewide candidates. So our governors, um, our commissioner races, things like that. Us for right now to make it quick, um, a shameless plug, you can go to Eric Please. for Ohio. That's Eric with a K because I'm German, part German. So it's E-R-I-K-A Same. for Ohio. All right. Mm. Yep. Erica the German way. Um, Erica for Ohio. Um, if you Google that anywhere, you can find me and connect with me. But for us right now, even our filing date has been changed. It was supposed to be April 21st, or 24th, one of them. It's been changed. The maps have not been decided. <laughs> so the thing about this that people have to understand is that there were fair maps drawn by two independent, by a Republican and Democrat. They came together. The, I, I'm telling you, I agreed with those maps that were put together. They were fair. Mm-hmm. They were what voters voted for. Y'all, what you voted for, a fair, fair district so we can have our voices heard. Um, that's the Supreme Court, not the Ohio Supreme Court, but it's up higher now. And those maps, we don't know where they are. So hopefully we're looking at an August um, primary and the thing I want to leave with people is saying this is your chance to prove that we are voters we are about democracy because you got to vote twice now we barely get people to vote out once Yeah. <laughs> so in a primary they got two primaries and then general elections so I'll be coming out and knocking on doors and you'll be seeing me I don't know where I'm knocking but I know I'm I have to live where I knock, right? right so right, right, right. I'll be walking around um, in the next few weekends after Easter, after Resurrection Week for 11 and 2. I'll be out. You look for That's me. That's great. Um, come talk. by my house, even if you don't. I mean, if I'm, I'm, you just come by. I'll come by. Okay. Like, Two dogs. Up? You can just look for the mental health levy sign outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that. There you I'll go. Come on that. by. I appreciate that. I'm surprised they haven't. I bet you go to Target a lot. <laughs> I go to Costco. Okay. I'm, a little, I'm, a little, Costco. I'm a little higher end on my bulkiness. Fair I, I'm, Material so yes, girl. <laughs> I love Costco because they give you food. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you so much for your time. Thank All you. Of it. I appreciate awesome. that.